Hey there, it's Danielle Alvari of VSIN, the Vegas Stats and Information Network. Be sure to check out my new podcast, the Los Angeles CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. We dive into the betting angles for all the LA teams, plus USC and my personal favorite and alma mater, UCLA. So if you're from Los Angeles or a fan of any of the LA sports teams and want to become a sharper better, this is the podcast for you. So please subscribe, follow, and listen to the Los Angeles CityCast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Los Angeles CityCast with Danielle Alvari, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome in to your Wednesday edition of the Los Angeles CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. I'm your host, Danielle Alvari. Very excited to be back, but Monday Night Football, not so exciting. Pretty ugly there. Rams were a three-and-a-half-point favorite at the 49ers. Total was 50 for that one. I said I liked an under there. Everybody was screaming over, and I get why. But unfortunately, the Rams' offense did no favors for you. They lost 31-10, to but that under did hit. I grabbed an in-game under, actually, because I was running a little bit late uh, Monday night, so I didn't get the best, best number, but I think I had under 45-and-a-half, so... Got it a little bit closer, but still hit that under. And obviously the 49ers covered three and a half point dogs. Good for them. A little bounce back spot here. We talked about that a little bit too. The 49ers are better than their record suggests. They've just been dealing with a lot of injuries and obviously inconsistency as well on the offensive side of things. But good news for the Rams. They have a bye week, if you believe that that's a good news. So they can kind of rest, recover from that loss. And next, Rams at Packers, Sunday, November 28th. I also talked about Bulls-Lakers on Monday. Lakers are one-and-a-half-point favorite. Total was 219. I liked an under here. Both teams coming off a of back-to-back, but that did not happen. The Bulls covered 121-103 to over hits. And then also on Monday, Long Beach State at UCLA. UCLA was a 28-point favorite. Huge spread. My goodness. Total 145-and-a-half. I liked an under here, but it went way over. I was being too cute there, guys. I knew that Long Beach State was going to have a really prolific offense, but I was hoping that UCLA's defense has matured and looked a lot better since last season. Again, just a couple games into this season. But you can see after that game that they still have a little bit of way to go on the defensive side of things. Their offense is definitely functioning a lot more efficiently than their defense right now. But good on Long Beach. They covered final score 100-79. to So... You also had some in-game numbers there, too. I think it got between 18 and 22 points at some point. Even when the game was essentially tied, that was still the spread you were seeing. So, depending on the number you got. But that 28 definitely easily covered by Long Beach State. So, nice job on them. But we have a big week this week, guys. UCLA at USC rivalry game. You know I'm excited. Unfortunately, my brother's wedding is on that day. So inconsiderate. But again, I will find a way. I will find a way to follow that. But in today's show, first first, we're going to talk Steelers at Chargers because what a mess that game is. But we'll talk about it real quick. Then we're going to talk UCLA at USC with Tookney Wynn, sports reporter from the LA Times. She's been on the pod before. I'm really excited to welcome her back in, get her thoughts on this game because again, not the best UCLA-USC matchup we're going to ever see. But maybe we'll see a lot of points. I don't know. Finally, we'll welcome in Adam Finkelstein, scout and recruiting analyst for ESPN and host of the Upside podcast to talk about UCLA and USC basketball. I'm sure Adam's going to have lots of great information for us. He is a wealth of knowledge. First things first, we always check out the Los Angeles lines available at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. So college football to start. 
both LA teams playing each other, as I just mentioned. UCLA at USC. UCLA a three and a half point favorite. Total sitting at 66 and a half. It's a high one. I don't want to go near it. More on that in a bit. <laughs> NFL, as I mentioned, Rams have a bye. And the Steelers at the Chargers. The Chargers now a six point favorite. Yes, they were a three and a half point favorite on Monday. A lot of stuff has changed since then. Total now at 46 and a half. I believe that was 48 Monday, so shifted down quite a bit. You can find all these odds at Bet River Sportsbook. All right, let's talk Chargers. They have the Steelers. They're hosting the Steelers. Five, three, and one are the Steelers. Yes, that one on there because they just tied, right? They just came off of a tie against the Lions of all teams. To be fair, no Big Ben last week for the Steelers. He was added to the COVID list, if you'll remember, on Saturday. So quarterback Mason Rudolph got the nod. Luckily did not throw his helmet at anybody's head. But they ended up getting the tie, which makes you want to bang your head against a wall probably. 16-16, to 16, except for if you're a Lions fan, then you're probably ecstatic. At least you didn't lose. Scoreless overtime. Ugly game. Yikes. And where was Najee Harris in that game, by the way? Uh... Chargers, on the other hand, five and four. I couldn't believe that when I saw that record because I think that I'm still high off of how the Chargers started this season. And I didn't really believe in them. I didn't really bet on them. And I got to the train a little bit too late. And that's when the rails started to fall off versus the Ravens. And they had the bye week. Like they've been having a really tough time. They lost at home for the second straight time, 27 to 20, to the Vikings in this past week, week 10. And they've now allowed 24 or more points in five straight games. And are just one in three ATS across the past four games. That is not good. If you're a Chargers backer, better fan, whatever, what have you. It's tough. But they have a game on Sunday, 5.20 p.m. Pacific time. Why is this a Sunday night game? Why is this a Sunday night game? Here's the problem. The Steelers will potentially be without Ben Roethlisberger, Chase Claypool, Trey Turner, Kevin Dotson, Joe Hayden, Minka Fitzpatrick, TJ Watt, not to mention Juju Smith-Schuster, Stephon Tuitt, and Tyson Alualu. The Steelers and Chargers still have to play Sunday night, but, but Ben is out, Minka, Joey Bosa from the Chargers, and Jerry Tillery. These are all players on the reserve COVID-19 list. So, again, closely follow who's actually going to be playing in this game for the Steelers. But suffice it to say, this is a no play for me. And that should be for obvious reasons here, right? Mike Tomlin, the Steelers head coach, he said that they're building their game plan as if Mason Rudolph is the quarterback for Sunday night and that Ben needs to be symptom-free, plus have two negative tests 24 hours apart in order to return. So possible. And I've seen articles where people are like, oh, expect Ben to be back, but... You don't know, so just keep an eye on that. And this is definitely not a game that I would bet ahead of time, necessarily, depending on what you're looking to do. If they find out that Big Ben is going to go, that's, of course, going to change the line here again. So if you want to take Steelers plus six before that happens, then I would understand that. If I had to, like if you forced my hand and were like, pick us up, Danielle, or else. Steelers, I guess, because give me some points here. And yes, even... I mean, that's that's really not giving the Chargers enough credit, but six points, the way they've been playing. And here's my concern. Najee Harris, again, like I mentioned, where was he in this Lions game? I'm expecting a bounce back here from him, especially if Mason's having to play quarterback. And so he's going to run right through that Chargers rush defense. He just is. So I don't want to side here. This is gross. This game has gotten out of hand, unfortunately. It's a no play. 
Maybe look at an under 46 and a half. That is playable to me, but maybe just look elsewhere on the NFL schedule as well if you want to spend some money and make some money. <laughs> just my thoughts. Coming up, it's the Crosstown Rivalry game in LA, UCLA at USC. That's unfortunate. Have you guys been to the Coliseum? Ugh. Anyways, we'll welcome in Tukni Win from the LA Times to discuss it right here on the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Looking for a hot tip to bet on? Check out the new match tips at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. The new tips feature gives you special insights on player props and match bets for the top tips of the day. Go to Bet Rivers before the game, find your match, and tap the tips icon to see independent research on recent team and player performance. Bet with confidence. Visit the Bet Rivers mobile app or go to betrivers.com and get the top tips of the day. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Playable only in states where Bet Rivers is licensed and in New Jersey at Play Sugar House. The VSIN midseason football special is here. Put the VSIN betting experts to work for you from now through February for only $99. Daily best bet emails, 24 7 video streaming, betting splits for every sport, point spread weekly, plus in depth data and analysis on vsin.com. Sign up today at vsin.com slash subscribe and get everything we have to offer for the rest of the football season for only $99. That's vcin.com slash subscribe. Welcome back into the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. I'm your host, Danielle Alvari, and very excited to welcome back to the pod. We've had her on before. Tukni Wynn from the LA Times. You can follow her on Twitter at Tukni. That's T-H-U-C-N-H-I-2-1. Welcome back to the pod. Thanks for having me back. I'm glad we got to rotate me back in after making the first pod with you. Yeah, I know. It's been it's been a minute since we've been able to have you back on. I've been trying to, you know, spread the wealth a little bit. I know I had Mike Regalado on from Burn Report as well. Uh, but I really wanted to get you back in here. Obviously, we have a big game coming up. I was funny because I was looking up all the different things to describe this game, and it seems like none of them have really caught on. The Los Angeles City Championship, the Crosstown Showdown, the Battle of L.A. Like, no one calls it that. They call it the UCLA-USC game. Right. <laughs> It's the 91st game uh, of, the, of this kind. USC actually leads 50, 32, and 7 all time, and that's straight up wins. USC did uh, have those two vacated, though, I believe, as well, so those have been accounted for. Uh, but USC's won the past two years, so they have the victory bell, and UCLA won in 2018. We were just talking about that before we hopped on here, actually, is that 2018 game and how it might kind of reflect what we might see in this game. UCLA is six and four. They're the three and a half point favorite here. USC is four and five. Their total sitting at 66. They don't have their starting quarterback anymore. It doesn't look like he's going to go. It's going to be Jackson Dart, freshman. Uh, so he's going to get his first true start in a rivalry game, which to me makes this a no-brainer. Give me UCLA on the side here. But what do you think? How do you think this game's going to play out? I, I would agree that UCLA is going to win. Well, I will say neither of these teams are good. I just want to make that clear. <laughs> Let's just put that, that out there. Neither of these teams are good. Um, but I guess someone has to win. You don't. We don't have ties in college football. That's how we so feel about this game. Someone's got to win. And I think UCLA will, will win. I do think Jackson Dart is actually very good. So I mm. don't think he's going to be the problem if USC loses. I actually think he's very exciting. He has a lot of energy to the offense. It might be tough for him just because he doesn't have Drake London anymore. Um, Devastating. But, 
Uh, honestly, so devastating. Last time you were on, we were talking about him. We were singing uh, his praises and he went down and I was like, oh. <laughs> I know, so painful. So painful to watch. But um, I mean, if, if Keaton Slovis was in, he also wouldn't have Drake London. So I think the bigger difference in what mm -hmm. USC is going to be able to do is that they don't have Drake London. The quarterback is is somewhat equal, whether it's Keaton Slovis or, or Jackson Dart. Um, but I, I guess oh, the dart wild... straight to Keaton's heart there. Oh, oh. the same either way. <laughs> but, but do you think do you think that Jackson's going to have trouble because it's a rivalry game and he's a freshman, and so there's just jitters associated with that? I mean, I don't. I haven't been around him much to know, so I don't know yeah. his um, mentality much. But I I could imagine it being a little bit of a shaky start. I mean, he started sure. pretty poorly when he got his first collegiate snaps against Washington State coming off the bench. Mm -hmm. That was a really ugly start to that game, but he comes <laughs> back and he sets the USC freshman record in, or debut record for most passing yards um, for someone making their college debut. So, like, he, he he's a gamer, and I, I think he will settle down if it gets a little bit shaky at the beginning. I don't think he's going to be kind of uh, hindered by the atmosphere, especially because he's going to be at home. Yeah, that's true. He is going to be at home. But as I was uh, considering that earlier, I realized that there haven't been a lot of SC fans at their home games. And no diss to them because it's been tough for the SC program this year. It's been really tough for them. Uh, but you kind of mentioning him possibly having a shaky start kind of got me thinking too. Maybe this is like where a first half bet happens because I'm seeing UCLA to win the first half at minus 124, which is not terrible juice on that number. And so maybe if you think that the Trojans are going to be playing from behind, you just take a first half bet here um, or even a fun one because this really depends on the coin flip. But first team to score UCLA minus 130 maybe. Um, but that's just if you think, I just think that UCLA's offense is going to be a lot more effective than USC's and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe their quarterback is going to come out and do some things, but again, with what weapons? Yeah. I mean, I, I agree that UCLA's team, both offense and defense have shown capabilities of being better and more consistent than mm -hmm. USC has. So I would favor USC in a lot of areas and, I, I was going to say generally, I feel like Chip Kelly is pretty good out of the gate. He's a really good. He's really good at scripting his offense, I would say. Sure. Yeah. Except we did just watch them against Colorado when they were awful in the first half. So maybe I don't want to say that going into this. Yeah. Week. Down 20 to 10 in the first half to Colorado. Yeah. That one, that one was a tough one for them. <laughs> yeah. Terrible. But they did cover that one, 44 to 20. They were 17 point favorites. I did not want to make that bet on them because I didn't think they would need to, first of all, need to win by 17 points. And then the way the first half went, I think we were all like, oh, and it was whiplash. A lot of people pointed that out. It was whiplash from watching UCLA and Villanova Friday night <laughs> and then having to watch the first half of that game. It was really tough. And I think you make a really good point about do they have the consistency? They've shown glimmers of being able to do that, but I don't know if like I trust this UCLA team all that much. It's more so my approach to this would be a lot more that I don't know what USC has going for it. And the only thing that I did think was interesting when I was looking at this too, obviously, what are the Trojans playing for, right? Drake London's out, Slovis is out, but they're two victories away from being bowl eligible, right? And they have UCLA left, then BYU. So just chalk that as a loss. And then Cal is their rescheduled game because they're coming off that bye week. They didn't play last week, right? Because the Cal game got canceled due to COVID issues on Cal side of things. So with that in mind, is, do you think it's a benefit that they got the extra week as far as SC is concerned to prepare for UCLA or to rest? It 
could be, but then again, I feel like SE came off a bye week before Notre Dame, and then they were really bad at Notre Dame too. Yeah. So the bye week is only good if you use it correctly. I mean, maybe <laughs> you have they, to actually be productive yeah, with your time. Yeah, maybe they learned what they did wrong in the first bye week, and then they figured it out and are going to be better this time. Um, yeah. I will say that the question of what USC is playing for is really yeah. big. And so much of their season's gone wrong already. I mean, all their coaching staff pretty much is just coaching with an expiration date. A yeah. lot of the players are probably feeling unsure about what their futures are. Mm -hmm. But if the coaching staff can kind of rally everyone together and say, you know, we've lost out on a lot of other things, but we still have this chance for bragging rights that are always huge, mm -hmm. then they, they have a chance against a UCLA team that's been pretty inconsistent overall season, throughout the season. Um, so I think this, USC always has a chance in a rivalry game. I'm not going to say it's definitely going to be a UCLA game because, you, you know, you never know what happens in these types of games. I, I completely agree with you, but it is funny because I could see how somebody would like, there would want to be more action or more betting on this because of, there's those bragging rights. So you want to be like, my team's going to win and I'm going to back them here. But let's just go down that road. So let's say that SC is going to win this game. How are they going to be able to do that, right? Because UCLA here, we know their offense is efficient. Number four red zone touchdown rate in the conference at over 70%. Number two rush defense in the Pac-12. Number eight scoring defense. Number eight total defense. But... They have the worst Pac-12 pass defense by far. We know that. So is that something that they can exploit even with this kind of inexperienced quarterback? Yeah, I think, I mean, both defenses, USC and UCLA, have shown a lot of uh, holes. And <laughs> generous, even, generous yeah. of you. <laughs> I mean, even UCLA's rush defense, even though it's ranked number two in the Pac-12, it had some really good statistical games against LSU and stuff. Which helps, which is helping the average still. But I mean, they gave up a ton of yards against Utah, and so they've shown cracks in their kind of facade. Yeah. And USC has a legitimate running game going. Keontae Ingram, who's the transfer from Texas, is actually really. It was a really great find for them, and even though he plays in what's considered an air raid offense, he's actually been one of the kind of undercover stars of that offense so if they can mm -hmm. get him going against UCLA then I think that'll bode really well for USC and they can kind of keep keep the game short and keep the ball away from US UCLA's offense with their experienced quarterback Dorian Thompson Robinson on the other side of Jackson Dart who we knew was going to be running all over the board just to get this win because he plays with such passion and grit. Uh, even when he's hurt, even when he could hurt himself running, he'll go and run the ball. He'll run the touchdown in. He'll get it in there. So that's what we're expecting to see from him, obviously. And like you said, a little bit more seasoned here. But we talked about this a little bit before uh, we started recording this part of the pod here. We were talking about the total because I didn't know what to expect here. I said earlier in the week that this, first of all, number is very high. It's college football, so yeah, but 66 is the number. It was 66 and a half yesterday, so maybe some action coming in on the under because it's a high total, but I don't know what to do with this total because it's a rivalry game between two not-so-good teams. <laughs> And I love you, Bruins. I'm sorry, but that's just the case. So we didn't really know. Like, we were trying to decide here. So what do you kind of think is going to happen here? High scoring, low scoring? 
I, I would favor the high scoring. Like we mentioned before, you, you brought up the 2018 game, which I think is a good kind of um, inspiration for what could happen on Saturday because that 2018 game, which was the first year of Chip Kelly's era, both those teams were really bad. Even worse than this. <laughs> we're even worse than these. That was his one saving watch. grace that season is he beat SC. I was like, that's exactly. the only thing. Um, so in, in that game, it was relatively high scoring. It was quite back and forth. I, I believe Josh Kelly went crazy. Almost 300 rushing. Oh, miss Josh quite, Kelly. Oh, I know. What a true. At hero. least we still have him in LA. I know. I love him. <laughs> um, so I think that some when you have two bad teams going against each other in a rivalry game, I think it's mm -hmm. more common that you'll have hot, more points than fewer mm -hmm. points, kind of that sure. defensive stalemate. Because good teams play good defense. <laughs> this I would, is novel. I this think. is brand new information. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Breaking news. And... Neither That's nowhere to be have, found here. Yeah, neither of these teams have really, really solid, consistent defenses. So that kind of opens the door for the offenses to, to score some points and have a little bit of a track meet. Yeah, I wish this was more exciting to talk about, guys. I do. It's going to be exciting because it's a rivalry game, uh, and I'm going to make you pick a side here if you had to side. I know that you think UCLA is going to win, and you know what? Maybe that's the bet you like here. So. It can, you could take UCLA minus three and a half or USC plus three and a half. You could take over under the total. We already said that we don't want to touch that really. But UCLA money line, it's juiced kind of high on Bet Rivers here. It's minus 162. It's not crazy out of this ballpark, especially you have bankroll delay there. But if UCLA money line uh, or USC money line plus 130. So if you had to, I'm forcing our hand here, guys. What would you land on? I mean, UCLA I would... money line's like, there's not a lot of, like, you know, I don't want to lay that much, but I could. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think UCLA will win by more than three and a half at least. I think I think okay. The, um, I agree with you. Yeah. So I think at least that's safe. Yeah, I think so too. Unless something goes really wonky here, I think UCLA should be a bigger favorite. But there's so many like, what's the quarterback from USC gonna look like? What's like? What are they gonna look like? How are they gonna score points? So yeah, because I mean, we haven't seen them post Drake London. Because they were off last week, so we don't we don't really know if they found a replacement. And they have a good amount of other receivers: Tosh Washington, who is sure. uh, the transfer from Memphis. They have Gary Bryant Jr. and they've all shown up a little bit um, throughout the season. But sure, I mean you can't replace a Drake London. So I'll be interested to see what they can what they can do. Frankly, without. this would be a lot more fun to talk about if Drake London was playing. Oh, I know that. I would definitely take the over there. I would take the over there too. Just I would take the Drake London over. If you could just bet on Drake London touchdowns, like over two, over three, I would do it. Uh, but that is sadly not what we have here. So I like your side. I agree with you. I think UCLA minus three and a half is the way to go. I wish there wasn't the hook on there. I wish it was like two and a half, three. But I get it because I do think UCLA can cover more than this. So I agree but with I, you. I will say UCLA has ha UCLA struggled a lot at the Coliseum lately. Um, mm. They've only one, I believe, uh, once in their last 11 trips to the Coliseum. Wow. Which, and I want to say the last time they won there was 2013. Yes, 2013. So it's been a while. 
since they've won. Yeah, the I was going to say they, they won every year that I went to school there, just saying. <laughs> and 2013 was one of them. And I was at that game and it's not a it's not a hospitable environment, <laughs> really. So I could understand. But I, I guess that's the question here, too, is how many USC fans are going to show up to this game? I think that there are a lot of times to be mad at your alma mater, your, your school. But I feel like it's a one o'clock game against you. UCLA. Even if you're a little bit it's angry. It's not even Thanksgiving week. Yeah, you, know, you, you know, you could go. Yeah, you can, you can go spend a Saturday at the Coliseum. Um, if, if it was like a 7, 7.30, no. No one would be there. No way. Could not catch me there. Not a, not a pack till of after dark. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I think it's UCLA minus three and a half for me. Uh, and I appreciate all of the insight you add because I really need to talk this out myself. So thank you. Thank you to Tookney. Follow her on Twitter at Tookney21. And you can find her in the LA Times. Uh, coming up, we talk UCLA and USC basketball with ESPN scout and recruiting analyst Adam Finkelstein next on the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Looking for a hot tip to bet on? Check out the new match tips at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. The new tips feature gives you special insights on player props and match bets for the top tips of the day. Go to BetRivers before the game, find your match, and tap the tips icon to see independent research on recent team and player performance. Bet with confidence. Visit the BetRivers mobile app or go to BetRivers.com and get the top tips of the day. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Playable only in states where BetRivers is licensed and in New Jersey at Play Sugar House. Welcome back into the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. I'm your host, Danielle Avari. Let's welcome in our guest. It took a lot to get him on the show because he is a busy man. He is always on the road. Adam Finkelstein, scout and recruiting analyst for ESPN and host of the Upside Podcast. You can find him on Twitter at Adam Finkelstein. He's here to talk UCLA and USC basketball, but I'm Adam, welcome to the show, first of all. But guess which one I want to talk about first? <laughs> uh, USC, right? You don't like UCLA at all. Oh, yeah. I mean, who does right now? It's not like they're like the most fun team in the nation to watch. Well, I'm, uh, but... I'm, uh, I'm from out here in the Northeast, so they're not very popular in the greater Philadelphia area these days. So, Oh, yeah. I can't imagine why. I can't imagine why. <laughs> that was a crazy game. I'm sure you're referencing the Villanova game Absolutely, last yeah. Friday. Yeah, for those who missed it. If you missed it, what were you doing? But anyways... Before we get into how UCLA season's kind of gone so far, we obviously know your specialty is recruiting. I want to talk about that. Uh, most recently, UCLA's big recruit, Adem Bona, committing to UCLA and choosing UCLA over Kentucky, which yeah. is a big, big deal. Can you talk a little bit about this? Well, it is a big deal because lots of times those narratives are kind of uh, overstated. You know, someone will say like, oh, this player chose school A over school B, when in reality, school B has oftentimes already moved on. So uh, typically when I hear that, it, I, I usually kind of shake my head and say like, no, that's not really how it happened. But in this case, that is really how it happened. I mean, uh, you can look at Kentucky's class and they've got you know, four or five star guys, but it's it's pretty obvious the hole in their class right now is in the middle of the lineup, and Bona would have addressed that. And uh, they were going really hard up, really hard for him up until the very end. John Calipari, his staff, really aggressive, especially down the stretch. But UCLA, who was considered the favorite early, they they were able to hang on, and it's just a testament to the uh, you know the quick impact they've built here. And it's ironic. I think I tweeted this afterwards. You know, when when. Uh, Mick first got the job. Everybody was wondering if he was going to be able to recruit at UCLA. Well, I, I think you have your answer now. So it's significant because they did go head to head with Kentucky for a prospect who's considered to be one and done. Um, and they got him. And it's a, it's a prospect who 
is very similar to ones that have thrived at Kentucky, quite frankly, and he still chose to go to UCLA. He is an extreme athlete. I mean, um, not just as, as a leaper, but the way he runs, he is an exceptional uh, runner for his size. I mean, uh, just the way he runs rim to rim is, is almost unprecedented. So he's going to have immediate value as a, as a rim protector, as a lob catcher, a rim runner. Um, and I think UCLA fans are going to love him because he plays exceptionally hard. So a lot of reasons to be uh, excited about him, not just because they got him, but also what he's going to be able to bring to the table next year. Absolutely. And I'm glad you brought up how hard he plays because when I was reading about his commitment, he mentioned, of course, head coach Mick Cronin. He said that he kind of liked that he was a straight shooter. He was really straightforward with him. He said that he thinks that he would put him in a position to succeed, which is what really stood out to him. And also he said when he was at practice that they were going like all balls to the wall, full force. So he was really, (laughs) it's my pod, Adam. I can do what I want. Uh, but yeah, they, I mean, he said that he was really impressed with how hard UCLA was playing, which is really nice to hear as a UCLA fan, I'm sure. So how has kind of the recruiting shifted since Mick Cronin took over? Well, you know what I think is really interesting about it is in a lot of places, again, I, I, I always like to push back against certain narratives. And there's a narrative that, um, that you know, where how you recruited doesn't impact uh, what happens to you once you get on campus. And in 95 plus percent of the schools in the country, that's just not true. Uh, if you were recruited in and in a prioritized recruit, the, the coaches are going to be invested in making sure you're successful because your success allows them to target another high profile recruit and sell your success story as, as a means to get those players in. At UCLA, uh, it's kind of this old school approach where they're getting high level guys, but once you get there, you've got to earn it. I mean, you, you can look at this year's roster, who's playing, who's not playing um, as much as maybe some people thought. And what's refreshing is that that honesty and that transparency seems to be resonating uh, on high profile recruits who aren't looking to have anything handed to them. Bona's comments really do indicate that. And um you know, you're getting an old school approach at UCLA. You're going to get coached hard. You're going to earn everything you get. You're not going to have anything handed to you just because of where you were ranked or recruited in high school. And, you know, candidly, I, I just don't know that that is the case at most places these days. But at UCLA, it certainly is. Absolutely. And I know that you also said that you spoke with the associate head coach, Darren Savino, just recently. So what was kind of the update that he gave you with everything? Uh, obviously a huge win uh, on Villanova or versus Villanova on Friday and then coming off a win on Monday as well. Well, there's not a, uh, you know, there's not a college coach in the country right now that's satisfied. And I think that everybody, you know, I mean, they think, I think uh, at UCLA, it's it's always going to be about defense. Any Mick Cronin team, they know they, they want to get more connected defensively. Um, they want to continue to get um, – they, they got to get Cody Riley back, uh, quite frankly. You know, that experience as a fifth-year guy, that's a significant loss for them right now. Um, but I think it's about the defensive end and, and for as well as things are going. And let's face it, things are going pretty darn well when you think about, you know, the start that they're off to this year, the season they're coming off of, and the recruiting class they've got. Um, you know, it, it's still a never satisfied mentality there under Mick Cronin. Yeah. And I mean, you can, like you said, the season's gone really well for them so far. So uh, it's fun, though, for UCLA fans to kind of feel a little bit satisfied here, especially with what we have going on on the football side of things. Gonzaga's ranked number one. UCLA's ranked number two here. Do you think either team is overrated? Because we know that they're going to face off in Las Vegas on November 23rd. Uh, I think the ratings this 
time of year are more for fans than they are for for coaches. Um, you know, so who's the best team in the country right now? If we played the NCAA tournament ten times next month, you probably have ten different winners. Um, mm -hmm. So are are those two of the teams? Actually, it was Chris Beard, the Texas head coach. I saw he said something the other day about how there's probably two dozen teams that are in the hunt for a national championship right now. I thought that was pretty fair, uh, quite frankly, and and that you know you just you just want to be in the hunt. And, um, you know, clearly those two teams are very much in the hunt and going to continue to be in the hunt. And are they both, uh, you know, among the very best in the country? I, I think they certainly are. Um, but there's a lot of teams that, that could be in contention down the stretch of, of March and even into April. Obviously, these two teams, I think, um, are recognized as having that type of potential. But I think at this time of year, that's all it is, is just potential. You know, you've got to be continue to ascend throughout the course of the year, play your best basketball come March and, and most importantly, uh, stay healthy. Um, so I think, uh, you know, UCLA, as we talked about, they want to continue to get better defensively. They've got to integrate, uh, when Cody Riley comes back into the lineup, uh, they want to get him going a little bit. Um, and there's different things that, that I think you're going to see more of, you know, like, uh, Mac Etienne down with an injury right now, but Peyton Watson's a guy who I think, um, you know, he we alluded is fun to, him. to watch. He's fun to watch, but he's not, you know, for a five-star guy, he's not playing a ton of minutes right now. He's got to get his turnovers under control. He's got to figure out ways in which he can impact the game when it slows down. Um, so those are all things that I'm, I'm sure that, that they will figure out in the coming months. Conversely, Gonzaga, you know, given all that they lost last year, um, they're, they're still a lot of fun to watch. And Chad Holmgren is, is uh, he was our top ranked prospect in the country last year. He's, you know, everybody, you, you hear the word unicorn quite a bit, and, and that just speaks to how unique a prospect is. Uh, but Chet really is. I haven't unique. seen him. Has he put on some weight since I last saw a picture of this man? Uh, <laughs> you know, he's still, I think the short answer is yes. Uh, he's okay. still thin. But the interesting thing about Chet, and, and I, the first time I saw Chet, he was a sophomore in high school. And if you think he's thin now, you should have seen him then. But even then, he was thin, but he was not averse to contact. I mean, you see a lot of kids at that age who are uh, trying to avoid contact, trying to avoid physicality. That was never him. He always had a toughness to him. And so I think that his, you know, his lean frame, um, while there are certainly times where it limits him, I think more often than not, it's it's not the liability that some people think it is because of the way in which he approaches the game, because of how talented he is as a shot blocker, and because of how versatile he is offensively in terms of a guy who's seven feet tall, who can handle the ball and step out and shoot threes. Um, so it's going to be a, a fun matchup um, in that regard, just to see those different teams uh, battle each other. And it's the type of thing that, that's going to have implications, you know, I don't care so much who's number one in December. Where it is more significant is when you come to seeding in March uh, and the implications it has on, on the postseason. I, I think that's much more important in the long run than, than who's you know ranked where this early in the season. Absolutely. I completely agree. And that's also why it's really difficult to make a bet right now because UCLA is obviously favored to win the Pac-12. They're minus 134 on Bet Rivers right now. Oregon behind them at plus 350. UCLA's 10 to 1 to win the championship. Nothing super exciting as far as betting is concerned. You don't want to take minus 134 on UCLA because as we saw, actually, they kind of crumbled in the Pac-12 tournament right before March Madness last season. So you just don't really know what you're going to get. It's just too far out at this point. This is definitely a matchup I'm really excited for, especially because I think UCLA was kind of lacking size when they 
they had to face them and obviously the final yeah. four. So this will be interesting to see now they have Miles Johnson and, and other guys to kind of get in there and help them out there. So I'm very excited. It's going to be house divided for me though, as always, but I'm cheering for the Bruins. I want to make sure we have time to talk about USC as well. I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Mm -hmm. A plus 650 for USC to win the Pac-12. So they're in the hunt as well. They just got added to the top 25. They started 2-0. So third team in the Pac-12 to be added. It's UCLA, Oregon, and USC right now. What have you kind of thought about this USC team as of right now? Well, I think that, um, you know, Isaiah Mobley is a player that I got to know quite a bit when he was in high school. Um, interviewed both him and his brother on on national TV a couple of times, did a, a feature on both of them for ESPN. And even at that young age, I was just really impressed with um, just how mature a young man uh, Isaiah was and how, um, you know, poised he was in front of the camera, how smart he was, <clears throat> pardon me, at that, that early stage. So I just, he was just a young man that I really enjoyed getting to know. And so, um, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to not root for kids like that. Um, and so it's, it's, um, you know, he's, he's someone that, that, that I have uh, enjoyed following since then. And I think has an opportunity to, to really kind of be a focal point this year and, and see what happens. And, and then, um, uh, so I, that, that is kind of, um, you know, when I turn on USC, that's, that's the thing that I'm most interested in and the way in which they've you know, from a recruiting standpoint, really turned the big men into their focal point. Yeah, which is interesting for a USC team. It certainly is. And it's and it's extending beyond um, just the, uh, you know, the Mobleys. And obviously, um, even even before that, when Anyeka was there, I mean, that's that's really become their their trademark, if you will. And they're continuing to kind of uh, uh, recruit along those lines. Now they've got other guys on the roster this year who can do some damage, but just seeing the way in which they are, are recruiting for the future, I mean, it's going to continue to be about the big man. I mean, they've got, um, you know, big Vince, as we call him in, in recruiting, uh, in the recruiting world. And that's just because we, we all struggle to pronunciate his last name, but he's one of the best <laughs> big men in, in high school basketball. Uh, I would Vincent Iwuchuku, and he's at Montverde Academy this year. He's going to be. You know, I, I don't think some of those Ed Mobley comparisons are, are super fair right now, but he's going to be one of the best incoming centers in, in college basketball in terms of freshmen. Kajani Wright, another local Los Angeles product. I mean, he's a great compliment because he is just as powerful as they come. Broad shoulders, super strong upper body. So when you have a, a rim protector like Vince to have somebody who can really clean the glass and finish possessions that way and cover up for your five man when he may have to rotate over to go contest a shot is really important. Uh, and then, you know, Trey White's another ESPN 100 guy in the class. And so again, they're, they're keeping with that theme of, of getting highly talented big men, but simultaneously are really trying to dominate their backyard in the local Los Angeles area. Yeah, I'm sure that all of the USC football fans are ready for USC basketball season at this point. Anything is an upgrade from what they're having to deal with. They're just, they're having a tough time. I feel bad for USC football this season. They're having do. a tough time. I don't think I do. do. I absolutely do. I loved watching Drake London. That was a heartbreaker to see him get hurt. But 
Uh, we'll get to see him play, obviously, on a professional stage at some point. And just good news all around. We're moving on to basketball as far as L.A. football is concerned at this point. Good for UCLA football for becoming bowl eligible, I guess. I think I'm supposed to be excited about that. But thank you. Thank you. Thank you to Adam Finkelstein for joining Thanks us. For uh, scout recruiting analyst for ESPN and host of the Upside podcast. Make sure you check that out. You can check him out on Twitter at Adam Finkelstein. Uh, so thank you, Adam. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for watching, or rather listening, to the Los Angeles CityCast. New shows three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Please subscribe to the pod, follow the pod, let Adam know how he did. Let's tweet at us, at uh, Danielle Avari. I'll be back for more fun and games on Friday's episode. Gil Alexander will be joining the pod, so make sure you come back for more of the Los Angeles CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vdw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus